What's up and welcome to Groundbreaking, a friendly original podcast bringing you the young creatives redefining entrepreneurship and introducing you to tomorrow's leaders today. I'm Jake Brewer. Let's get started. Remember the huge trend towards reusable straws where we put pressure on each other to be sustainable? Well, today's guest didn't stop there. Sarah Gansenmuller is the founder of Ripple, not just a sustainable alternative to plastic cups holding your to-go coffee, but a reward system that encourages daily sustainable practice. It's such a great concept and I'm so excited you guys are going to hear all about it. Today, I'm chatting with her on how to express your mission and convince others of its importance while also marketing to multiple generations. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Groundbreaking. I am absolutely thrilled that you decided to join us for another episode. And you are going to call me off for this. I know you are, but we have got another great episode for you today. Um, Again, I always like to point out the episodes where like 10 minutes ago, I like did not know our guests like whatsoever. We usually spend like about 10 minutes or so just kind of like chatting before I hit record. Um, just so they're like, they're not like what, and I'm not like confused and what, like there's, you know, like, it's like those, um, like the sort of, what are the, oh my God, icebreaker activities. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> like, you know, like when you go to like school orientation and stuff. Um, so it's kind of like those <laughs> sort of things just so we're, you know, comfortable. And then by the time we hit record and you start listening, we are solid and ready to go. Um, and speaking of just like ready to go, um, I'm going to be joined by somebody today who. Again, as you guys know, I don't, I don't like to like look too much into the person or their like brand or company just because I really don't want to have an idea in my mind of who they are um, because I want that sort of first impression to come from them themselves. Um, and today's guest I'm really, really excited about. And I think we're going to have some really good talking points and stories to share And again, I'm really just, I'm excited to get to know somebody that I've never met before. And again, this is another episode we're doing just remotely. Um, So we'll stick with us and we're going to see how it goes. Um, But I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by the founder of Ripple today. And if you don't know anything about Ripple, I don't know where you've been. You got to move out from under that rock um, and you got to get engaged with them. And I always say, if you're not on a treadmill, if you're not driving right now, or if you're not like doing something that needs your attention, get out your phone while you're listening and I don't know, jump out of whatever you're listening to this on. I think you'll, we'll still be with you. Check out Ripple um, as you're searching through um, and just like, get to know this brand because it's so cool and we're gonna have so many good discussions today. I say we just like jump right into it. Sarah Gansmuller, I am so excited that you're here with us today. I'm excited to be here. I, I, I and okay, as I like said in like the beginning, I like know like enough about Ripple. And I mean, right before we started, you said you started in high school. You said you did the logo in high school. Yeah. Too. So yes, how, yes. okay. So my first question, I guess, is how long ago was that? So that was, ooh, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. It probably was sophomore year of high school. Um, and so I'm graduated for a year. Oh no, this is getting scary. So it was Sorry, like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're five, six, seven years ago, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. It, I get I get the feeling that you don't feel like it was that long ago, though. No, it doesn't feel that long ago. Yeah, no, definitely crazy. It was, so one of our art projects that we had um, was to come up with the stamp. And I was looking at a handprint on the wall of our um, art room. And I realized that the kind of space in between the palm resembled a tree of sorts hmm. so that kind of inspired my idea idea for the um, ripple logo i've always been super into the environment um and i thought it was like a ball thing um your kind of own your own impact on the environment is how i kind of took the hand in the tree um so and i just i had stored it because i was like this could be used for something somewhere <laughs> i was thinking i could maybe try selling it to a company one day um and then years later i had come up with this idea and i basically was like it's perfect so kind yeah. of what it was meant to be it, yeah. no absolutely i totally agree okay wait so how many years after that were then you like oh wait like this is what i should do like this is what ripple should be or i don't even know did you like have a moment like that um, 
so I came up with Ripple last year. So it was the summertime of oh, okay. last year. I oh, just wow. graduated. Yeah. So it, it was just, it, I just so happened to have it like shoved away in a cabinet. Um, and while I was trying to come up with logos for this company, I was like, that would be perfect. And then, yeah, it just really worked out like that. <laughs> and then here we are. <laughs> You're just like casually yeah. chuckling like, oh, just like all worked out perfectly. Well, I wish that for everyone, but I'm super <laughs> excited that that happened to you. Okay, wait. So I don't even know. Where did you go to like school? Like, okay, let's like, maybe we don't. What's awesome about this timeline that we're going to jump is like, it's we don't have to go like that far back. Because like some episodes we've been like, oh, like, my gosh, this was, like, we were, like, trying to, like, think about, like, what was, like, 10 years ago, but now we're, like, just a year ago. I mean, yeah. I don't, just from a very, like, personal standpoint, too, I feel like, or I always say, the person I was a year ago, I probably wouldn't even, like, recognize today. Like, I thought I knew everything, and I know a year from today, I'm going to be probably listening back to this and be, like, I thought I knew everything. <laughs> um, so I'm curious if, if you sort of feel the same way or of course, along with the growth of Ripple, like, do you feel like you have grown too? Yeah, I think more so than anything else, I've recognized a lot of things about myself that I didn't know before. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've definitely grown in a lot of ways and I've learned a lot. Um, and I'm really thankful for all the experiences that Ripple has brought me. But um, I think as a whole, this whole project has really like opened my eyes to, um, you know, things about myself that I didn't really see before, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the academic world is totally different from the entrepreneurial world. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm wondering if you can just give, and I always say like, don't worry, no shivers down the spine when I say pitch. Um, Cause I know that's like the almost like oddly enough, the most common, but like scariest question almost. Um, just give like everybody who's listening, just kind of like a casual background on Ripple. Like you're not pitching anything. Everyone already loves you. Everyone already loves Ripple. Like we're all just friends here chilling. Um, but maybe there's some people listening who maybe haven't like looked at their phone yet to check out what Ripple is and they still need to know. Yeah. Um, so basically Ripple is, um, a reusable cup. I, I don't want to say program, um, but it is kind of like a program. Um, and it's a combination of a mobile application and then an actual product. So the metal tumbler um, that acts to encourage people to use reusables in coffee shops. Um, so it kind of basically the mobile application acts as a loyalty program. Um, so every time you use your Ripple cup, say um, five times the sixth time you use it, you get a free coffee. Um, so it's just a way to kind of encourage, um, you know, encourage reusables in the coffee industry and really get away from single use plastic, um, which is very predominant, obviously, in the coffee industry. I mean, people, you know, America runs on Dunkin' and Dunkin' comes in a plastic cup that takes thousands of years to break down. So, yeah, um, yeah that's kind of that's the pitch. <laughs> I love that. Well, it's so simple. And I mean, I think a cause that a lot of people can get behind. And of course, like like most things, way easier said than done to like, I don't know. I feel like I always commit like the amount of um, like coffee cups and stuff I accumulate thinking like, oh, I'm always oh gonna like gosh. bring this. It's, uh, it's difficult, yeah. but I like that you sort of have this um, just strong program because whereas I guess, I don't know, maybe I don't think like the normal consumer, but where I'm like, okay, the difference between like, okay, Starbucks says they're going to give me 10 cents off. Like if I use this cup versus like the ripple, ripple program where it's like, okay, every like six or seven, like it's a free one. Like why in my right. mind is like, is that a better deal? It's totally a psychology thing. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. If you think you're getting something whole for free, even if you were to split up those cents and it adds up, you're saving the same amount. Um, you're always going to go for, you know, the cup of free coffee as opposed to the 10 cents every time. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of, I, I saw that in, and I guess, you know, part of it is too, I didn't even necessarily realize that you could bring your coffee cup. Obviously we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this, but with coronavirus, things are a little different. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the time when I came up for Ripple, I, I wasn't even aware that almost every single coffee shop allows you to bring your own cup. Hmm. Um, and I think that I, I definitely wasn't alone in that. Uh, and we've ha you know, launched a bunch of different surveys where the general consensus is up to 40% of people don't even know that they could bring their own cup or didn't. 
Yeah. Right now, a lot of coffee shops are kind of pulling back on people bringing their own reusables uh, because of coronavirus. But um, yeah, before that, I had no idea. And it's so funny because Dunks and Starbucks have, you know, those branded metal cups that they'll have. Mm -hmm. And I always just kind of thought, oh, it makes sense that this would be, you know, um, something that they would be selling. But I never clicked in my head, okay, you're actually supposed to bring this to the coffee shop and use it. And I think that disconnect is because coffee shops don't advertise for it and there's really nothing branded for it there's not that many products in the u.s that are specifically branded to be used as a reusable for coffee um and you know as consumers really guided by branding so the fact that this connection kind of hasn't been made isn't really surprising um and yeah so that was kind of how i came up with ripples when i realized oh my god this is a thing and no one knows about it so how do i fix this no you are you are totally right like I um like I in high school like I worked at a Starbucks and I was like the number like the ratio the difference between people who brought their own and of course this was five years ago now so of course times have changed and I hope they're a little bit better yeah Yeah. (laughs) crossing my fingers at least I hope so (laughs) um but like very a very small fraction of people actually brought their own reusable cup because it seemed as like oh like an extra like burden on like yeah exactly which now looking back Mm -hmm. I'm like how was that more I mean you went out of your way enough to like get a cup of coffee so like how was that like more but I guess part of it too is like we decide oh when I want a coffee I just want to get a coffee and I go I don't always have the cup like with me so I'm like really interested as to why you didn't just like stick with like just a solid a really great reusable cup Um, because obviously you were confident in that but you did know like, okay, there was like, and there's another extra like step here in terms of like the rewards program to show people, hey, it's actually like not that hard and it's still the same right. coffee, still the same taste, yeah. but you're actually yeah. just like in doing a lot better with it too. Um, right. So like, I don't know, was that, was that always the original plan or was that like something that built upon? So it really spiraled. Um, I can't remember like all the ideations that we've gone through. Um, but what really sparked this idea was the whole, like, no plastic straw movement, save the turtles. Mm -hmm. I was all buzzing on the internet and I was just like, this is so dumb. Like, you know, great. You're using a metal straw. You still have an entire plastic cup that you're using. So that's kind of when I thought about, okay, why don't we take it a step further? Um, and that got the wheels turning. I don't, I don't necessarily know when I thought, okay, this could be a mobile application, Um, I think it came along the way and, you know, there's a lot of like what we finally landed on was just one of the many uh, different ways we could think to incentivize people. Right. So we originally we had thought, I don't know if you, I can't even remember what it's called, but there's this app that gives you points for walking and then you can use it to buy, um, I can't remember what it's called. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about though. (laughs) Yeah. And there's so many random apps like that. And that's kind of, my first thought was doing something like that um, where, you know, you get different companies to donate products um, Mm -hmm. that you could then, you know, use as a reward for people who use their reusable cup. Um, And then I just eventually realized if there was a way, like what people really want is a coffee. That's why they're there. They're going to buy the coffee. Um, So if there's some way that I could track people's usage and then reward them for it, then, um, I, I thought it would be a ball or a game changer um, mm-hmm. in that, in that sense. Yeah. No, you're again, you're, I think you're spot on when, okay. So when, if like, if I had like a ripple cup and I was to walk into a coffee shop um, and I'm assuming you have like relationships with like certain ones, yeah. um, uh, which we can definitely dive into like how, so do I just like market on the app or like, like, what does that process like actually look like? Because I know like user experience is such a huge or like is now a more common term because like we like fast tracked, seamless, sort of quick and easy like ways to do things, um, especially when yep. it comes to just something as simple as ordering coffee. So what was that? Right. What was designing that process like? So I think honestly, the hardest part of this all was figuring out a way um, to keep track of someone's usage and and not necessarily allow them to take advantage of the system. Um, 
so, you know, we went back and forth. We had, um, and I, I, I started working on this with my father. My dad, he um, started his own little startup. I don't even know how many years ago. It was called Hang On Designs. Um, he's just always been an entrepreneur. So he was the first person that I went to. Um, mm -hmm. He's been super supporting or supportive. And he is really good at tech. So he's kind of been um, really helpful in the way that he can slow me down because I can also often get ahead of myself. Um, and he's been a huge help in developing the mobile application. Um, so that was huge. But uh, now I'm going on a tangent. Uh, so no, I'm like, su I'm like super invested because like that's probably a huge <laughs> piece that I know nothing about. So like I know yeah. I'm super interested. Like, I don't know. That's a huge step that would totally scare me. Yeah. So the, the hardest part was determining, okay, how is, you know, your ripple usage going to be communicated to the cafe, to the barista, without mm -hmm. this being a huge burden on them and, and without it being a burden on you. Um, so we had originally talked with Toast because we figured, and Toast is a payment processor um, that a lot of smaller cafes will use mm -hmm. about possible like partnerships or integrations um and, and using that as a way to kind of keep track of everything okay uh, but then after kind of talking to some different smaller cafe owners um, we realized that toast was kind of their enemy um huh. basically you know toast and other payment processors they're charging every they're charging the cafe obviously every transaction um and for coffee shops especially on the transactions are say like $4 and they're charging you 15 cents every transaction plus 3%, that adds up, right? 15 yeah. cents is a lot of a $4 coffee. So if you're going out to eat, you're going out to dinner, you're spending $200, um, you don't, you know, the 15 cents doesn't mean as much, but with something mm -hmm. as habitual as buying a coffee, you know, that $4 that you're spending, that 15 cents is a huge chunk of that. And that was not like something that, we, we kind of realized after the fact, oh, wait, like we want to be on, you know, these smaller cafe sides. Like we want to help them. Mm -hmm. We want our product to help them. And we want to also help the consumers at the same time. And we felt that uh, partnering with Toast wasn't the right move. Um, so then the difficulty was if you're not talking to, you know, the register, whatever it is that's ringing up what someone's buying, how do you verify that someone has actually bought it? Um, yeah. So basically <laughs> what we've landed on and it's not flawless um it's you know it could have people that abuse it but we there are certain like precautions that we've taken um so that hopefully won't be the case mm -hmm. um so basically the app has your location um and you can have it so it's only when you're using the app um and when you are in the vicinity of a coffee shop um that's partnered you will be able to take a picture of your Ripple cup. Um, so then using AI, the, it basically will identify your cup, identify that your location's in a coffee shop and award you a point. Um, and now that's limited by certain things. So that's limited by, um, and we haven't even set the exact hours yet, but by a certain amount of hours. So you can just be sitting in there like taking pictures yeah. of your coffee cup, getting a million points. Um, so, if, you know, you can be limited to like, two points per day separated by X amount of hours um, mm -hmm. to kind of avoid people taking advantage of it that way. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that we're going to talk to some cafes that are going to be like, listen, this makes me nervous. I'm scared that someone's just going to kind of walk, going to walk in with a cup and take a picture. First off, if people are too lazy to bring a reusable cup to go get their coffee, but they aren't too lazy to go out of their way to a coffee shop with the cup, then that's beyond me. But I mean, who knows? Um, but a lot of coffee shops right now use loyalty programs that are those, you know, those punch cards, like you stamp, whatever it is, 10 and you get the 11th free. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So basically you could just bring that home and, and stamp that yourself. Or I know, I think Cafe Nero, I can't remember a coffee shop. They just cross it out with a black Sharpie. So there's already some sort of a risk involved with those loyalty programs. And I figured that, you know, with our mobile app, the risk isn't that much greater. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, that's what we ended up landing on after many discussions. 
Yeah. Well, not, not an easy result to get to either. I really, yeah. I really appreciate your just transparency with that too, because yeah. I mean, it's probably so much easier and just more, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but just like satisfying to be like, no, like it all worked out. Like, all, like we trust our customers, but you're right. Like if your success is based on the foundation of the trust by the cafes for you, and like, right. you're going to gain that trust by building that system where like people can't abuse these like local or like hometown cafes because I'd imagine like those are the ones that are really supportive of this idea because your mission is like is sustainability and it's to like reduce those use of those plastic cups. Um, and if it's okay, I want to kind of dive into like what the com- what the conversation sort of looked like between you and those cafes at first because yeah. I think that's it's so interesting to me when you're like pitching yourself when you don't necessarily have like years and years of success stories behind you um and i mean at least in my own experience like going after those local places who just like i don't know if this sounds shallow no no shade to like larger corporations or anything but like (laughs) they have that sort of like entrepreneurial like heart to them and they want to support others um i would assume like that was that was an easier discussion but i mean i don't know like what what does that first like message to them look like yeah so i got lucky um so as of right now for our first launch we're going to be partnering with about five cafes um all of this as of now because of coronavirus um what we're doing is we're just trying to kind of survey their baristas and employees and see how comfortable they are with it because you know what's most important is people are excited about ripple i don't want to have a barista who's you know completely against um using reusables right now because they think it poses a a threat um so there are certain like steps that we've taken um to kind of address that so right now i couldn't even imagine like going into a coffee shop and pitching this idea um well i couldn't imagine just like going into a coffee shop period yeah Yeah. (laughs) right now oh right (laughs) Um, but you're also right (laughs) But a few, so let's see, when was I pitching? I was, I started pitching this time last year. Um, so obviously I didn't have that burden and I got to kind of talking with people and I got really lucky with um, this one man named Bruce. He owns three coffee shops in the North Shore area. Um, mm-hmm. And he is very much that entrepreneur. Um, he is a marketing guy. So we relate with that. Um, and he was totally open to the idea. And, you know, when I was pitching, this was before I had anything, I didn't have a mobile app. I didn't have, you know, I think, I think I had the sample cups. So I I had a picture of those and we got to bring those in. But, um, besides that, I was just like, listen, this is my idea. He was like, I'm here. Like, I'm totally down to try whatever you want to do out. Um, and he owns three coffee shops, like I said, in the North Shore area. So that right there, I was like, okay, like this is our, I'm already halfway there for my MVP. Um, so that's kind of, I'm trying to keep it small for when we first launched just because, you know, we want to validate the concept. We want to see that, you know, this is working. People are interested that the, the free coffee is enough incentive for them to kind of be, you know, Mm -hmm. quote unquote inconvenienced by bringing their cup. Um, so we're definitely like starting small, um, testing the idea and, and going to see how it goes. But yeah, I think I, I got super lucky that I got to talk to Bruce, but I think overall to the people that, you know, I talked to were super receptive. Um, I mean, so the great thing about this, and I haven't touched upon this is, uh, it's actually beneficial for the coffee shops as well. Um, so for a few different reasons, one of them being, uh, not so in addition to the rewards that we offer so you know use your ripple five times get the six free um, mm-hmm. we also offer it, we call them subscriptions but it's essentially buying coffee in bulk um so you know you can buy coffee for the month and get unlimited coffee for that month um, and pay all at once and basically having this option allows Bruce to only be dinged that 15 cents payment processor fee once as opposed to every single time. Mm. So it saves him a lot of money. And then in addition, um, cups are like equally as expensive as actual coffee. 
Um, so you're also saving the money by, you know, material costs. So there's definitely some pros for them. Um, in addition to just the fact that like, hey, we're, jo we're joining this, you know, cause um, part of the mobile application is, you know, marketing for them as well, um, yeah. which is super exciting. So um, there's a tab where you can see all the cafes that are partnered. You can see their locations. They get to upload images. They get to upload a description. Um, so it's kind of like a marketing channel for them as well. Um, and they're reaching their target audience, right? Because, you know, someone who lives in a similar area to where their coffee shop is and knows about, you know, one coffee shop but not theirs is now kind of becomes aware that they exist. Um, so it's a marketing play for them as well. So there are a few different things going on. But um, yeah, definitely yeah. a good thing for them to join. No, you're absolutely right. And I mean, I guess if, if I have like the cup, like I'm going to go to the place that rewards me. So like, right. I'm going to keep going back to that one cafe. That's really smart. And I'm, what's crazy is I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, it costs them money to, to actually have the, to go and right. like single use sort of materials. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm, you totally opened my mind. I never even like, never even thought of that. Wow. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. You seriously gave like the best like description of how like that whole experience works. Like truthfully, it could not be clearer in my mind right now. Um, I want to talk about the actual, like the cup, like I'm always really interested with, I, I think I'm going to phrase this question probably really strange and it's totally okay if you don't understand it either. Okay. But like, I'm always really interested with the actual, like if you sort of innovate and create a product, like where, like, where did that come from? Like, it's not just like one day you like you wake up and then you suddenly have like a prototype with you. Like it, right. it, it comes from a point of like, okay, you had to design it and test it, but like, where did it like, come from I mean I don't know like you seem pretty skilled enough like I wouldn't be surprised if you just like crafted it yourself but like I don't know I think do you get the question yeah. <laughs> I think I'm yeah, yeah like how did how did the actual like first cup come to be I think that's the question I'm asking so the the main thing that I kind of want to emphasize about Ripple is for us the product is kind of the afterthought and um, hmm. so the focus is a lot more so on the movement away from you know, single-use plastic um, and a movement towards just like living a more sustainable life in the smallest ways, right? Um, so that the hand in the tree, right? It's your individual impact. It shows that even the littlest things by slightly altering, you know, daily habits, you can, ha you can have a huge impact. You can make a huge change. Um, and the cup was just kind of like the vessel to the movement. It, it mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily what I wasn't like, oh, I think that, you know, I could design a better cup and, you know, that's what I'm going to run with. It, it was kind of like, okay, so now what, what's the product that we need to go along with this movement? It's a reusable cup that you can use in coffee shops. Um, and then from there, I, you know, I got creative with it. I got to use my logo. Um, I spent a lot of time like researching different colors um, and you know, all that kind of came after, but it definitely wasn't the main focus. Um, but yeah. I know that's interesting. I'm, thank you for like clarifying that too. I didn't, Yeah. I guess that it makes like, it makes more sense. And you can just tell too, I mean, pe people can't like see your face, like as we're talking, but like, I can see that you do have like a certain like energy when you're talking about like the experience of it. Like that's obviously what you wanted to curate for people. Um, yeah. that's amazing and I, I guess yeah I guess that's true like a cup is a, a cup but it's about like the actual like use of it that is making right. that sustainable difference so as you've heard there's so much more to Sarah's mission than just the cup itself we're gonna dive all into that right after a 30 second break ready to move out of your parents house but don't know where to start have no clue what to order at the bar maybe you don't know how to make that first move 
Listen to In Your 20s, the newest podcast by Tina with an H to help you figure out the things that they didn't teach you in school. From relationships to career and life, In Your 20s has on guests who have done it all, so you don't have to. Listen to In Your 20s, that's 20s with a Y-S, not an I-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also check out my episode with Tina. It's one of my favorites. Enjoy. Welcome back to Groundbreaking, so glad you're with us. Now, sustainability is something that I'd like to think we can all just get behind easily, but sometimes it does take a little bit of an extra push or reward or incentive, and that's what Sarah is really targeting here. We're gonna talk about how you get people to jump on the trend and contribute to a greater good right now. If it's okay, we can backtrack a little, little bit, I guess. Okay. Where did this like, passion for like sustainability like come from um because I think like I mean I would say like I have a passion for sustainability but like I mean of course there's plenty more that I probably could be doing um (laughs) including using a ripple cut which I definitely have to now but um like where like what did that come from or was there like what was the moment or like thought that you were like that this is sort of your purpose and like your sort of path was to tackle this issue Hmm. Well, I think a lot of my a lot of my care for the environment came from my mom. Um, she's always been like, if we threw something in the trash that could have been recycled, you might as well have put yourself in timeout for <laughs> hours. Um, and you know, we grew up hiking and had a compost bin, and she really is just like in touch. Um, with nature and and that side of her and you know littering to her is a crime so it's almost like she's instilled these values in me so every time I would throw out my coffee cup in the morning I would get like a pang of guilt like oh yeah gosh and and that is essentially kind of what drove that passion but I think with ripple it's a combination of a few things um I think it's also my passion for entrepreneurship and for like creating something from scratch and creating a brand, um, it's more than just that environmental aspect, though that drives a lot of it. Um, it's also about just making a positive change, right? If it's any, if it's environment, if it's whatever it is, um, just being able to, um, you know, make a difference, I think, is that is the driving force behind most of it. Um, but yeah. I'd, I'd say it started off with my mom, but it's a whole slew of things. It's not just the environment um, that's really driving me um, to pursue this. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that makes, that makes total sense. Um, I, I guess, I guess that's true. I mean, I, I guess I feel, I do feel that like pain of guilt, I think especially recently because there is mm-hmm. much like greater, um, I don't know if I'd attribute it necessarily to the education behind that movement or it's more just so like a norm now enough where like right. I guess we're kind of maybe we're not past it yet but we're approaching that tipping point where right. it is like ooh, like that's a taboo thing to like use that right. which I love yeah. that we're finally starting to like get there yeah. and that like because I also feel like I mean you can totally correct me if I'm wrong too like there is like this sort of style and like look behind yeah. having like the to-go cup and showing up to class mm-hmm. with like one of those like and it's, and I, I almost hate that I say that because that's so silly and so tacky, but it is, I guess, or maybe this is because I'm getting older too. I'm sorry. I'm like totally having my own like stream of consciousness right now of like, where it's, I just like don't care. But like, I'm like, oh, at the end of the day, like it's co- my coffee is my coffee. Like it doesn't really matter what it's yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. And I'm wondering if any sort of observation and I mean, this was, I mean, we're only on a year timeline, so I don't expect you to have all the answers in the world, um, nor does anybody. But um, I'm curious to know between like different consumers, or maybe at least you have a hypothesis of, do you feel like the way that we view like the consumption of coffee and like that sort of experience is different among ages, like even just between 18, 19, 20? Hmm. I'd say yes. Um, I mean, I think as a whole, it has become almost a statement. It's like, if you're carrying around iced coffee, it's like, I have my shit together. I know mm-hmm. what's up. Um, and which is totally fake by know. the way. <laughs> like I, I never have it together. 
but yeah, right. <laughs> I like that you say that. <laughs> um, but I think that, and this kind of goes back to when you're asking questions about the product. Uh-huh. Uh, I really wanted to create a stylish cup that I that changed the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make it so now people look at someone who's using a you know single use reusable or sorry <laughs> single use plastic cup as kind of ignorant like that's not okay to do that um and and i think as a society we're we're getting there um especially like the like the piece that you said um that's so important is you know educating people on okay this plastic coffee cup is going to be around for the next thousands of years and then break down into smaller bits and piece of pieces of plastic that you know could end up in our oceans in our animals end up on our dinner plates it's it's so much more that you know doesn't meet the eye especially you know being a privileged u.s citizen you know, we don't see the we don't see the trash piling up in our backyards mm-hmm. um and so it's hard to sometimes you know put everything into perspective about how these little things that you do um truly have a negative impact but I think kind of what you're saying, like the more that we educate people um, and the more that we educate people on the fact that bringing your own cup is an option, right? So yeah. the fact that there are plenty of people who don't even know that it's an option is crazy. So it's like, that's kind of the narrative that we want to change. Um, and I think branding has a lot to do with that. Um, so, you know, my priority um, and I have a marketing background, so I want to make sure that, you know, these cups become the new it thing um, yeah. because you know, we have two different target markets and this kind of touches on what you're saying about the different ages. So we have, you know, the people like my mom who would see this and be like, this is great for the environment. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this because I want to have a positive impact on the environment. And then we might have, you know, a teenager who doesn't necessarily, you know, care as much. I mean, I think things are a little bit different generationally. Mm -hmm. I think we're kind of opening our eyes to, you know, the negative consequences of our actions. Um, but, you know, there's still, people are still persuaded by brand and by their image. Um, so the way that we get people to kind of, I should say the word convert, um, to <laughs> using a ripple yeah. who aren't as passionate about the environment is, you know, making it a brand that they like want to be seen using. Um, so that's kind of the way that we're tackling that. Um, yeah, that no, that's difference. super smart. You're totally right that um, you can't treat everybody with the same sort of marketing strategy. And what's so unique is you do have a product that is, or just a service that is not exclusive to a generation. Like right. your demographic is coffee drinkers, which expands between, I mean, very young people <laughs> yeah. and yeah. like, and then like the oldest of people too. So that is like a super or an extra challenge to sort of the work that you do is catering. And I think maybe what part of it is, is like, I'm like, okay, a thousand, thousands of years, like just that makes them like, Oh, that's so far out of my lifetime. That's so far out of my, like, my future grandkids lifetime. Right. right. You know, that you're like, Oh, like what's like the impact, but it's not, it's not a thousand years from now. It's starting now for thousands of years. (laughs) And like, you have to think about it. Like the U.S. consumes like billions of those plastic cups a day. And that just keeps like piling up on top of each other because we just keep using them. And that's, it's, it's insane. It makes me sick. And it's such, it's such a minimal like piece, like even just the material you're like, okay, like, I mean, this is a mentality that relates to so many different things of, that's just like one it's one piece of it. Like one time is going to be okay, but then one time becomes another time and then another time. And then that becomes a habit or a trend. Um, but you're so right in like making the reusable cup, a trendy thing or habitual thing and finding which sort of piece of it is most attractive Mm -hmm. to the different generations. And you're totally right. Yeah. Like you got to have, like, we got to make ripple like the, the thing. Where it's, it's like the been, point, yeah. yeah, or it's like, so yeah. if someone shows up to Starbucks and they're like, um, you don't have a ripple, like right. that's a little right. weird. Uh, <laughs> because that's, I mean, I'm fully honest, like that's what would make me like fully commit. It's like, right. I don't want to be right. judged. Like, right. I mean, 
I'm like being judged enough that I'm showing up late to class with the coffee, like period. Like I don't need, <laughs> I don't need that extra like level. Um, yeah. That's, that's so funny and so smart. Okay. So wait, you said you had a marketing background. Um, yeah. so what, what was the first, I'm curious now, like, because you sort of like your strategy is different for all these different generations. Is there one that you like particularly focus on, like to use the verb that we're just quote unquote air quote using is converting? Yeah, so I think we have to work a lot harder for the people who are driven by their image and brands because, you know, someone who isn't and, and is just going to buy Ripple because it's good for the environment, we don't have to do much convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really that kind of younger generation um, that we need to convince. Yeah. Well, and- well I, I mean, that's like also, I don't know if that's, I'm going to take that back. Um, I would say, I mean, it's 50-50, right? Because then you have some older generation who just don't, simply don't care. They don't yeah, care what, that's what totally you know, true consequences are of their actions. So I think that, but those people are just, honestly, they aren't our target demographic. I am mm. not, you know, worried about converting them. There are some people that are so set in their ways. So at the beginning of the podcast, you had said there might be times, you know, where you spontaneously get a coffee um, and that's not really you know the issue that we're trying to address it's more so the habitual coffee drinkers who always get it before class who always get it before work um, who can actively bring their cup in advance they know that they're going to get their morning coffee um, it's more so for situations like that we're not like you need to use a ripple or else right there are going to be off instances when it just doesn't work out um, but as long as people are consciously making that effort, um, then, then that's what matters. Yeah. No, I guess that makes total sense to me too. Like if you're going to target one person, target the person who is going to have the larger impact of using the product. Does that make sense? Like rather than just the person yeah. who's going to use it once, like go after the person right. who can use it every single day. I guess maybe right. then we think about like the cups saved in that person versus like the spontaneous coffee drinker like the cup saved yeah maybe that's the measurement i have (laughs) and yeah that's definitely a big thing on our app so um you have your profile you gotta see how many cups you saved um you gotta see how many the ripple community has each individual coffee shop gets to see how many they've saved um so it's a great way to kind of realize okay this is such a little action and in the course of however long, especially if you're a habitual coffee drinker, I've made a huge impact. Um, yeah. And then like the whole entire kind of movement is the fact that, you know, individually you can make a difference, but collectively, like we can really bring about change. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the prerogative. No, that makes, it's, it's like, um, it's like the water dispensers that like have the counter of yeah. water bottles that you've saved. Yes. And yeah. you, you totally brought up a feeling that I didn't even know I had of like, I do like get a little like, yeah, like, look at me, like I'm doing something good. Like when like yeah. the number goes up by one, I mean, most of the yeah. time it's broken and there's like no number yeah. there, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but like, on the off uh, chance it works. yes, yeah, <laughs> on the off no, chance it works. It does. It makes me feel like a little bit like better and like, okay, one sort right. of refill, like, what's that going to do? But you're like, Oh my gosh, wait, this hallway that like has saved like millions of water bottles. Right. It's crazy. Cause that puts it into awesome perspective. Though. Cause I liked, mm-hmm. I kind of liked the image that you used a, a little bit ago of like every single day, like just imagine the amount that is just piling on top of like one another. Like that makes right. me sick to my stomach. Right. Like I it hate does. that. And you have yep. to make people you, uncomfortable. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You do. That's how you bring about change. But if you look in any trash can in the Boston area, you'll see 95% of it is filled with coffee cups. It's just, it's how it goes. It's most of our waste, especially in this area. Um, So it's, I mean, it's a problem. And it's a problem that is very easily solved. So. I, I just have like a follow-up question and you might, I, I just, you have more expertise than I do, which is why I'm asking this question just solely. Why do you think that like major coffee chains and maybe even like the smaller ones too, like why haven't they hopped on the sustainability piece yet? 
So for larger chains, um, it's not quite as expensive, the materials. Mm. And I mean, I think that I I kind of am still searching for that answer myself, to be completely honest, because okay. I'm kind of like, why don't they advertise it more? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I talked to, you know, I haven't necessarily talked to, you know, the CEO of Starbucks, but mm-hmm. um, I have talked to these smaller chains and they, they, when I ask, hey, like, why don't you advertise the fact that, you know, you offer 10 cents off when someone brings their own cup? And they just, uh, it didn't cross my mind yet. I, I don't have time to think about that. Like, it's yeah. just not a priority for them. Um, which is funny because when you do out the math and you realize, okay, this is literally half of your cost is the materials. Wouldn't you want to kind of cut that out? It's just, it's not something that crosses their mind. So that's the general consensus, consensus that I've uh, received. But I, I don't know. For, for larger brands, it's, it's definitely cheaper um, because they're buying things in larger quantities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't wrap my brain around why they wouldn't want people to bring their own cups. Um, yeah. um, I mean, they sell them in the store. I, I think that, no, I, I honestly really don't know. I just think it's been kind of, it's weird to say, but it's like a taboo thing to do. And it shouldn't be. Um, and I, yeah. like I said, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, association, brand association, and then just um, ed- educating people on why it's important um, and like what you can do, basically. Yeah. You're, you, I mean, I, I completely agree. It's almost like sad that they haven't yet. Cause like, I mean, you know, and now I know like what, like it, it's so much better and it's just, it benefits everyone. That's almost That's right. frustrating a little bit. And it makes me think about like all, just about all the reusable cups that I've bought are the ones that look identical to the to-go ones, which now has me like yeah. thinking about my own sort of like actions and just my own perception of <laughs> what I think is, is the right thing to do. Um, but so interesting. And as we transition to the end of the show here, um, truthfully like I really could like talk to you forever because I feel like I have a million follow-up questions and I I love like the movement that you're doing to make sustainability trendy while also benefiting small business like you have somehow like checked so many boxes that like very few few like people um and just sort of organizations can do um so I think that's why I'm especially intrigued and you also just have like a very casual like yeah we just are gonna I'm gonna like do it. Like, <laughs> like I'm sure there's stressful moments, but you seem like very like just optimistic and roll with it, which is amazing. Um, so the last two questions I always like to ask on the show, and I guess I always have to preface to like, it's never just two questions. Like I always have like an extra follow-up question or, but I just have to like say that. So we <laughs> start to prepare. But um, the first question I want to ask you is, um, in on your like sort of timeline and you can think like a week from now and maybe for the sake of this question we'll just like erase COVID entirely like pandemic never happened let's just kind of kind of give ourselves that (laughs) for a moment (laughs) okay because I mean that's probably a whole thing that we could have we could have dove into but kind of my hope is that in a couple years somebody could listen to this and like still have it be relevant um Mm -hmm. Plus, like, why, why, why not manifest the future? Um, right. So let's do that. What is, like, what is the dream for Ripple to become? And you've kind of touched on it, like, just as, like, a trendy sort of thing. Um, and just to get more people across all generations involved in it. But, like, are, how would you define, like, a success or, like, an end goal for the brand? So success is I got to quit my current job and I got to work <laughs> on Ripple full time. Yep. <laughs> um, but it's also, you know, it's being in coffee shops across the country, um, but also getting involved in, you know, encouraging reusables in other ways. Um, so for example, kind of to other to-go containers. So when you go to Sweet Green, if you can bring a reusable cup instead of, um, or, not cups, sorry, a reusable bowl instead of, you know, the there to go containers or mm-hmm. literally any aspect of, you know, switching from single use to 
something reusable, I think. Uh, also, you know, college campuses, there's, you know, concert venues. Um, there's so many different avenues that Ripple could go. And there's so many different ways that, you know, we can improve our habits. Um, so really success would be to have an established brand, you know, that like you're saying is trendy and it's something that people want to be a part of. Um, but also, you know, expanding throughout the U.S. and really making a difference in more than just coffee shops. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Well, it's got to withstand, like, you know, sweet green. They, like, so violently mix the salad. Like, it's yeah, got yeah. to withstand that, yeah, too. And, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was, like, the first thought that came to me when you said that. Um, and I actually do have a follow-up question. Um, because what is, like, really unique and I think is really inspiring is because you do have a day job while you're working on Ripple. Um, and don't worry, I'm not going to ask you about the 9 to 5. Uh, we can avoid that. I'm sure I'm sure you love it. But, um, yeah. The, I think the time management aspect of it is really interesting because like I still have part-time jobs that I'm balancing while I'm doing all my other sort of work and such. Um, right. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you for like another piece of advice here in a moment, but if you have like a piece of advice on time management and sort of balancing your aspirational creative dreams with your, and I hate to say this, like your practical bill paying nine to five until that aspirational right. creative dream can replace it. Um, yep. like what sort of advice or reflection on your experience would you have for people? So I think there's a few things. Um, so I'm lucky enough to actually enjoy, uh, my nine to five, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to own my own company who wouldn't. Um, but <laughs> I, I do enjoy it and I do learn from it and I'm learning things that are applicable to, what I do when I work on Ripple. So that definitely helps. Um, I do digital marketing and paid advertising. Um, so, you know, all of that is relatable. And once we actually do launch, I'll be able to, you know, run paid ads for Ripple and be super confident in, you know, the strategy behind it. Um, in addition, I'm kind of weird. I like don't watch a lot of TV. Um, I, I don't know. I, I enjoy doing ripple stuff. I think a lot of it has to do with passion and like whether or not what your side hustle is, is something that you enjoy because it doesn't always feel like work. I mean, there are definitely days where my brain is fried. Um, but overall I do kind of enjoy it. It's my something fun to me. So it doesn't yeah. feel like extra work. And then the very last um, question I want to dive into is, and I'll kind of give you this like context here and I do this in every episode. So sorry if frequent listeners are sick of my like spiel, but um, I feel like far too often, like we watch like a certain like Ted talk or another like podcast where the advice that's given is good and it's solid, but like with a piece of advice, like, you know, just stick to your roots, like be yourself. Um, I find that like once the podcast ends, I'm like, um, what do I like do now? Like, am I not myself? Like I, those sort of questions, like leave me maybe even more confused. Um, so what I want to do and part of my purpose with this show is to really just get people engaged and inspired to like, see like, okay, other young people have created something like amazing. Like there really is no barrier to entry that's unique to young people. Um, so do you have like a piece of tangible advice and maybe we can set a timeline on it like people have spent an hour listening to your story and your sort of passion like what in the next hour can they do like a task to fulfill and help build their own passion i okay i'm gonna try and think of something concrete from what you're saying but i do have something more obscure that I think you can is totally super say important. Yeah, no, don't let don't don't let me hold okay. you back from anything. And it's not like be yourself, but it is a little <laughs> bit like be yourself in the fact that um, I've found that really what has brought me the most success is not being afraid of anything, not being afraid of approaching people who I have no right to approach. Um, and just shooting my shot, basically. Um, I have two little tangent stories. 
Um, yeah, but no, please, I, please. it's funny because <laughs> I was listening to how I built this. Um, Sarah, yeah. the founder of Swell was on there and she was talking about this during her podcast. And she said, um, she was at a convention or something and the CEO of Starbucks was there and she basically just went up to him and introduced herself and, you know, got a deal out of it basically. Um, and I had that in the back of my head on the day that I called Swell's lawyer who I found through basically looking in the trademark databases because, you know, that has been a, very large thing for Ripple is, is filing the trademark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of looking at different, you know, companies, trademarks and what they have. Um, and I stumbled upon a name that I researched and found his LinkedIn. Basically, just ha- he happened to list his number, cell phone number on LinkedIn. Wow. Okay, like, bold. I found, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bold. <laughs> And so I gave it a call and he actually answered and I was like, oh my God. And I basically asked him for trademark advice. Definitely he was out of my pay grade. I was not going to be able to pay him whatever he was worth. Um, but he was kind enough to kind of hear me out, to give me some advice, to, give, um, to get my contact information and basically said, hey, you know, I know Sarah, so I can shoot her your pitch deck. Um, if that's something that you would be interested in. And it was like one of those moments that you always hear on podcasts. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it actually <laughs> happened. Um, unfortunately, Swell was not looking to anything external right now because they have been in a little rough, rough patch um, with coronavirus themselves just because mm-hmm. they do have, or they are in a lot of kind of smaller shops that, you know, have been closed um, yeah. so it, it wasn't something that ended up happening, but that's a contact that I had. And I know in a few months, if I reach back out, um, he would send my pitch deck to the founder of Swell in a heartbeat. So wow. that was kind of a crazy moment. Um, yeah. and I feel like I've had some other moments like that where it's just, you know, sometimes you just got to do it. And these people are all human. They're not going to like, they're not going to turn you away. Most of the time they'll hear you out and they're impressed if anything that you, you know, are brave enough to approach them. So yeah, that's my obscure piece of advice. That was, that is actually such a good piece of advice. (laughs) No, like that. I mean, if you have anything else, feel free to share, but like that is a perfect answer. You're right. I always like to say like, okay, all communication, whether you're reaching out to your neighbor or Vogue, like right. is just person to person. Like it's, right. there's always, exactly. you're reaching out to somebody. You're not reaching out to right. the organization as a right. whole. You're, it's the contact within it is who you're talking yeah. to. And you're right. Yeah. Most people want to see people succeed. And like, yeah. and a lot of people who have success want to, want to share that success with their people because it's someone like that guy and Sarah, like we're probably in your position too. Right. Yep. You know, at one point, which is why they're so like inclined. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're never gonna, you're never gonna know unless you ask. And you know, that's something that always pushes me. I just, I just ask and yeah, you know, if they say no, they say no. And then I move on. Yeah. But that's um, it. yeah, I think that that's so important. It's just like shoot for the stars and just see what happens. Yeah. Just don't be afraid. Stalk some people on LinkedIn. I've done yep. it before and it, like, it yep. works. It works. <laughs> yep. um, well, Sarah, thank you so much for making the time and just being so open and transparent about your story. Truthfully, like it means like a lot to me. And I know um, I forget almost when we're recording this and we're looking at each other like face to face that there are going to be people who hear our conversation, which like, <laughs> kind of blows my mind. And then once this is actually out, I'm going to be like, wait, people know what we talked about. Um, <laughs> which is, which is something I probably won't ever get used to, but thank you for being so transparent with those people too, because it is kind of like that weird feeling when everyone's starting out to be competitive and sort of keep what you've learned to yourself and benefit from that. But being open and transparent about your story is going to inspire at least, at least, at least somebody listening. So, um, thank you so much. And of course, best of luck with Ripple. Um, 
holy crap, it's amazing. And you have such a clear plan. And I love the social cause behind it too. Um, truthfully, like you are doing some incredible work. Like you should be so proud. Thank you. And um, I mean, and I'll plug all your, all your socials, all the website, all the details. So everybody who listening can pick up um, a ripple themselves and help yeah. get it um, in their communities. Yeah, but eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we got to get people like we got to people behind it yeah. too, because like yeah. we got to show that these like cafes and eventually sweet green like we have to show them that people like want this because that's what's going to get them to budge too. I feel like. It's true. Very All right. True. Well, we're part of this movement with you. Thank you so much for being <laughs> on the show today. Thank you so much, B. Thanks again, Sarah, for joining us. I know we'll be sure to keep in touch for the full launch and all that's on the way with Ripple. Check out more of Sarah's work and what's new with Ripple by following at The Ripple Effect. That's R-I-P-P-L and heading online to therippleeffect.com. Next week, we've got another can't-miss, super-inspiring episode for you. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service and follow us at Friendly Media. That's F-R-N-D-L-Y on all platforms. You can also follow me at Jake Brewer Music if you'd like. Well, guys, that's all for today. I will see you next time for some more groundbreaking. Groundbreaking.